Hello, motherfunkers. Hello, hello. I'm in charge again today, so we are excited, aren't we, Shelley? She's shitting me. Um, what I mean, I'm in charge. All I mean to say is I'm in charge of the recording, which is fine. It's a huge responsibility, but I'm willing to take that on, aren't I, Shelley? Just, just to say, have you ever heard me in all the time of recording going, starting each podcast with just to say, I'm in charge? <laughs> I just get on with it. Just crack on. Oh, my it's gosh, Shelley. You're so, so selfless. That's the thing about Very you, Shelley. So selfless. Big week this week. Huge week for Shelley and I. Huge week. Um, no, not I wasn't actually talking about us. I was talking about the, for the wider nation being the, the Queen's Jubilee. Yeah, the Queen's Jubilee slash our show. Slash you know. our show. Um, it's a really, it's going to be, it's great. It's another terribly long weekend um, where we won't be enjoying ourselves at all because we've got a show. But it made me, Shelley, it made me think of the last Jubilee. Gosh, what was the, the colour then? Platinum. No, no, platinum this year. So it was the diamond. Yeah. Ten years ago, it was the diamond in 2012. Where were you in 2012? Sadly, I was with you in 2012 in Cleaver Square in Kennington, where, which is where our friend lived. And he made about 25 cakes and we went to the square and everyone was playing bull. And most, do you remember the costumes in that square? Oh my God. I mean, the thing is, yeah, we had friends turn up at the house dressed as like, I mean, the ancient queens, like pre-Victoria, really old school. I, I'm so thick. I can't think yeah. of which queen. Like old school like. queens, you know, like the That's queens wrong. before the queens, you know, like prehistoric. Why didn't you just name one? I, I'm trying to and it's Please. just completely gone. Queen Elizabeth but, uh, I. It, no, no, no. Pre, pre. Before her. Before her. Before the um, Elizabeths. It was Josephine where she turned up as one of, I'm sure, one of um, Henry VIII's wives. Boudicca. We dressed more drag queen than queen queen. We were young. This was BC before kids. I know. I th- I barely put on a dress. I think I, you know, I think we were in Topshop then. The thing is, what's such a shame is back in the day, you I used to look good in Topshop. It's an old pair of dirty jeans and an old T-shirt. And I just used to smell of impulse. And that was enough to go because you're young. You've got a fresh face. Yeah. fit as a butcher's dog, always with the blow dry and no money in the back pocket. <laughs> not that things have changed in that sense but yeah. you know what I mean it's different just we're just a lot heavier and a lot more tired and heavier lot... emotionally and physically yeah emotionally that's what's quite sad because it's just that well I remember the host actually saying because he was he was saying do you remember the last jubilee you and your sister that's what he calls us you and the I. ugly sisters um the ugly sisters he said you were just passed out in in the morning you drunk so much it was about 11 we passed out and then woke up again to join the party just had a quick quick fix oh we and I did thought, when 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 would you get to do that ever again nah. nah just a quick just a quick snooze having drunk far too much um pims yeah we were on the pims that's right it was the jubilee after all So Shirley, you asked me to watch an ep of Conversations with Friends. I watched two for your love. So let's discuss in in short, what did you think? Okay, I think it's a slow burner. Mm. I also think it's difficult to follow, what's its face, the last one? Come on. Come on, I can't. I'm completely brain Come on. Sally Rooney. I'm having to Google this. Sally Rooney. Normal people, Shirley. It's normal people. It's like an old people's home. Hard act to follow. Lots of on, on state, uh, online chemistry there. Really, really sterling performances for, for my lead two characters, normal people. Then we have a shift, you know, it takes us a while to adjust. I read the book, you read the book, we enjoyed the book. Wasn't quite ready for uh, conversations with friends, didn't feel it quite worked. However, the more I'm getting into it, the more I'm getting into it. But what were your first thoughts before I do a monologue? I wasn't interested enough in the guy that's meant to be really hot, that she's meant to be having an adulterous what, affair. With. I just wasn't. Um, that's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. 
oh my gosh, that and everything about him. I just thought, no, I'm just, I, you know, I wanted to get hot from, I wanted to be excited, turned on, and I just wasn't. Okay. He's basically, he's like Hollywood's hottest property, and they can't oh. work out whether it's him or because he's attached to one of the most famous people in the world. Not for me, not for me. Also, first of all, I just thought, gosh, everyone is so young now. This is the thing. I thought everyone is so young now. But also, have our views on adultery changed? Because are we meant to be looking at it and think, okay, it's fine, the young generation don't mind to just go you know have extramarital affairs that's the thing I did I didn't buy it I didn't buy the storyline and I didn't buy it. it's not that the acting was bad I just it just jarred on me I did enjoy the book so I just it thought gets, sadly it does get a bit more convincing their relationship okay wait to see what happens and then you'll be um, stuck with a conundrum because it gets like oh really even though we've read the book I'm thinking there's been some some artistic license in there somewhere but what I couldn't fathom is the fashion of Francis Francis's wardrobe I know I'm obsessed with people you're obsessed with people's wardrobes it's, it's island a- in 1980 or something it, and- it, it is no but everyone else is in a different show fashion wise Francis is stuck in the early 90s how I used to dress in the sixth form and I thought and that was a real sad sack I mean it's so sad sack her wardrobe and you think how does she pull Joe Alwyn who's supposed to be the, the, the hottest thing at that time then I thought actually I went back to my own conquests in the sixth form I always pulled the hottest guys dressed like that so there's something in it there is, there's an appeal to looking so fucking awful. Daggy, I have to say what she's dressed in is basically what you would find in, say, Urban Outfitters on Kensington High Street. That's the sort of look. So it's, it, was, it was hot right then and it's sadly hot right now. Do you know that the NHS has performed its first ever double hand transplant? No. It's incredible. I read this article. It was in The Guardian if you want to look it up. So the guy has something called Sclermoderma. No, of course I Of course it's not called Sclermoderma. That's a rapper. (laughs) Sclermoderma. Sclermoderma. You lose the feeling in your hands and then eventually they just roll up into two fists and he had no, he can do anything remotely dexterous. You know, he can lift things up, but he can't dress himself, can't wash himself. He was at the end of his tether and they said, listen, nowhere in the world has tried this. And it was a hospital up in Leeds, of all places, not even a London hospital. Can you imagine? Up north? Um, they don't know how to do anything up north. They just sit around watching TV. Do you know what I mean? And he said, well, to be, he goes, there's a chance, you know, because obviously we have to take the hands off and there's a chance it won't work. We've never done it before. And he said, well, to be honest with you, they're useless anyway. So he thought, I'll, at worst, I'll have two stumps and still not be able to do anything. Bear in mind also with this um, disease, he's in terrific pain, acute pain. Oh, he's got so many painkillers. He said it's just awful. It's an autoimmune disease. He has the operation. They lob off the hands. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He's got hands. He can move them. The pain has gone. He's saying it's given him a new lease. He just of cannot course. believe it. And it's getting better and better. Yeah, sure. The hands are a couple of shades light and they're the wrong shade. What have they made the hands out of? Human hands. Someone else's hands. Someone else has said, oh, I see. So it's sort of a donor. A proper donor. It's incredible. That is incredible. Having had no movement in his hands, he he can't do things like um, put buttons on, but he's getting there with rehab and he, he can cuddle his children and stroke his dog. He's just so, so happy. He just wants to thank the guy who gave him his hands. He's, you know, a couple of shades too light, but fine. Amazing. I just, it's its a weird thing to discuss, but I just, it really made me happy. It was one of those news articles when you're reading through just going, is this really the world we live in? And then you see an article like this, you go, oh. Hashtag amazing. happy hands. Um. 
So I was sent an article from my husband that was in the stage, actually, about self-taping, a guide launched to tackle lack of regulation in commercials, because you know how it is now, Shirley, and I am really victim to this. The code of practice, basically, at the moment, what it is, equity equity are on, on board because it's warned that the terms and conditions for many people working in commercials are less favourable. A lot of people have been asked for requests, such as being supplied with an audition late Friday, being asked to return it by Saturday lunchtime. I mean, I've never had that much of a tight turnaround, but I have had two days. And it says that little regard is paid to members. You know, I have to say the code of best practice for self-tape and Zoom auditions for commercials recommends a minimum turnaround of two days. This is now being put into place, which is good, isn't it, Shirley? Yeah, I, I often get, can you get some tomorrow? Something, you you always get the, the I get the same castings as you, but you get them way ahead of me and then when they decide that they can't find anyone they go to the absolute dregs of the casting pile which I'm on and they go go on then but we need it tomorrow that's what always happens terrible it's absolutely terrible anyway something has been put into place which is good and about time too is what I say about time too I've left our director downstairs with um, my son my youngest Shelley and I've got our director to stay because um, we're working on our show and I just said to him listen I'm just gonna quickly go and do a zoom with um, Shirley oh I said don't worry can you just hold him mm-hmm. anyway he was crying for about 10 minutes really hysterically and he's now silent very good with children but babies are you very good with children but I just thought is he as good with babies but seemingly so he's yes good with babies when no one's watching okay well, whatever he's doing, he might have just sedated him or he might be outside crying. But whatever it is, I'm very happy because otherwise he'd be here just pulling at my wire. So I stumbled across an article always and we stumbled across an article. This is how to stop your marriage going sour. Oh, Shirley, we might as well get this out the open now. This is uh, by a therapist who has 30 years. You experience. and your therapist. She's American. She's a big hot shot. No, she's not. She's British. Oh, good. Anyway, she gives eight tips. They're all things we've eight. heard. Before. We're gonna you're gonna get all day. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give eight. I'm not gonna, and I'm just gonna headline them. Okay, basically, because because we've heard them all before, but the Go one on. that just sort of rings in my head. Go on. So of course, no things like what we've heard before. Good to fight. Stop blaming. Have sex. It's this one. Don't have children. Don't have children. That's if you want a good uh, marriage. And in parentheses, well, do if you must. Relationship satisfaction is on the massive decline after children. There is just no two ways about it. The more children, the worse. And yeah, because there's a conflict of needs. I mean, it's all obvious. And they say, she said, if you must have children, by all means do, but just be realistic that things will never be the same again. And if you're, you, if you're both looking at your child slash children, you're not looking at each other, are you, Shelley? That's, that's right. the thing. So what a friend said to me once, and I thought, mm, so simple yet so true. I just want to add to the list of eight from the therapist. Okay, just Shirley, just get it out in the open. Is it tough time? It's tough times for you, isn't it? It's because your partner's working so much. Your willing partner's working. So Shirley's good. Just say. No, no, no. It just says at the end, it just, you know, she said, be brave. And I thought, oh, this means walk. You know, they always said, be brave. If it's not working, just walk. Walk away. No, it says, be brave. Don't see couples therapy as something, as an indicator of failure. Go to couples therapy before there's a problem. Anyway, I just thought that, put that out there. Would you ever? We don't have time. Oh, that's the thing. Who's got time for couples therapy? Because the problem is, if I had more time, I wouldn't be in a problem where I needed to go to couples therapy. Exactly, that's the problem. But I'm in an extraordinary situation at the moment anyway. I just don't see my partner. And of course, when you do that glimpse but I think a lot of people have this problem I think a lot of people have this problem I think I think you're right I mean and then I think what happens is when time frees up and you do get to see your partner actually you talk logistics 
books it's just quickly have you 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 don't you don't have time to you know see how how are yeah, you with sure but what I was saying is when you do then suddenly have some time with your partner I think actually you realize that you prefer it the other way that's what I've I've noticed from a lot of couples i.e retirement i.e retirement oh gosh all this time together (laughs) not sure what to do um should we take separate saga holidays yeah I think you need to overcome that initial hurdle of I don't think I like you very much overcome that and get to know each other again it takes time you know and I think that is the state for lots of couples in their sort of 60s and 70s they they sort of they have a very very good relationship because they realize where each other stand i.e they're not very close but it's functional it's good it's working I do this you do that we come together Sunday brunch once a week it's enough it's too much. Exactly. Shirley cooked some really yummy croquettes for me yesterday. In fact, they weren't actually for me. They were for my nine-month-old. And I just tucked into them. I thought, gosh, she's got too much time on her hands here. They were delicious. I have to say, because if my wedding partner listens to this, she's going to go mad. She made the mix. I made them into sort of croquettes and um, put the breadcrumbs on and fried them. She... You lied. Roasted the chicken and she roasted the sweet potato and cooked the veg. They were really lovely. I mean, they were just sort of that lovely texture. No, really soft. I love that. So it was a two man. It was a two man um, effort. Effort, yeah. Because I mean, she really doesn't have the time to be making homemade crocots. Crocots, and yet she does. And yet she does. So it was, it was a team effort. Most things are. I know you think she does everything, but we do try to do a team effort. Shall do you make up the money? Shall we make croquettes today? Yeah, that's okay. I can do the mixture. You can do the breadcrumbs gay anyway whatever you did whatever process you went through they were absolutely yummy scrummy i think what bj needs no i think what boris johnson needs is a bollocking from our old headmistress our old headmistress we went to an all-girls school in southeast london and i think she is someone who if you if you ever got a bollocking from her she would just take you down. She would just, if she was set up, even just the sound of her feet dragging down the corridor was enough to make your heart go, good Poor thing, good she did suffer from polio as a young child. That's okay. why. I mean, I don't mean it like that. But that is why her right foot dragged. She suffered from polio as a child. She did. But it was scary because it was good-um, thump, good-um, thump. And you just heard her coming down. And she was always in her Oxford Blacks. She always. never, she never graduated. She never got over her graduation. She was twenty denier tights, a heavy court shoe. She had a lot of silver around her nape. Um, she was, um, she she was like Mrs. Trunchbull. Back. Yeah, she was short back and sides. I she was a lady. Think... What liked ladies? But that's yeah, by she the was fine. a lady who liked ladies. Truth be known, she was. She drove this big four by four um, jeep. No, we'd never seen the like now. Especially back in the day, and especially in Blackheath, where everyone like. just drove sort of a knackered out sort of Volvos. A personalised number plate, which was sort of incongruous to her look. You know, Oxford graduate all this and then she's got drug this dealer's car a drug dealer's car yeah. so i think what boris johnson really needs is a good old fucking talking down from her because she used to get i got two talking down from her and she'd say things like wilson you think you're so cool but you're so crass and i just i just wail <laughs> the amount of money your parents have spent on you and look you're nothing just <laughs> I know she producing she producing she, and that's what he needs he's completely out of control that clown he's completely out of control once when we misbehaved we were on an art trip in Florence my year and we misbehaved terribly on the first night there second night right you're all going home and imagine our parents saved up so much money to send us now we're being sent home and they have to pay for the ticket to send us home and we were more scared 
of the meeting we had with the headmistress the day we arrived, rather than what our parents would say, that the, the fact that we were in a nightclub and we were 15, the fact that one of the party members was kissing a drag queen. I mean, the evidence... And I bet that, you I bet you were smoking fogs. She goes, you think you're so cool oh, smoking fogs. Smoking, yeah, yeah. Smoking <laughs> fogs. That's what she would say. <laughs> you think you're so cool having a fog. Yes, I do. Yes, I and do. I terrified. And I remember we all, all the sort of, you know, the six, the six of us who were caught were in her office with that rag pile. Do you remember that shag pile where your feet just sink in and sort of the hair of the carpet tickle your ankles? It's so deep. Just sink into things. She goes, I am. And she was, and we just knew it was coming. And then someone was so scared. I won't mention any names, Alice Fade. She farted. <laughs> she farted and the room went silent. And of course I started laughing. I mean, I just can't tell you because it went from bad from worse then. It went from bad. It just went. Was your mother called to the school? Was your mother called to the school? Of course. That's the worst. Of course. She had to, they all had to pay for us to come home early. It was disgraceful. And then they said, we'll never have another trip to Florence. No, and because of you, we the best we got was the Norfolk Broads. Shelly, your winner-winner for the week, please. My winner-winner has to be that I've booked my first holiday in three years. And you're going to? Jordan. Habibi Inta, Habibi Inta. I am scared. I'm excited. It's I'm very excited. Me. I'm scared and excited for you. I think your family would be so thrilled to meet your little creatures. And I think it's going to be wonderful. Just to be clear, listeners, it's also my dead duck because I will be traveling on my own with two mm. children. And it's not just the traveling. I will be spending a week on my own with two children I mean I'll have my family but you know what it's like people yeah. are around and then they're not around right, when, sure. you, when you when you need to when you're waking up and you don't know what because my kids always wake up before everyone else's so then I'm I've got two kids and I'm creeping around the house and one wants to eat and uh, you know these things it's a problem it's a problem but you will be in the desert sun and will. you will get to see your family and you'll be cooked be for all the I meat all the meats yeah I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited for you. My winner winner is the fact that we're doing the show. I think it'll be really exciting. It's the first time Shelley and I have produced an hour postpartum, actually. I think it's going to be a fun show. Sure, we're not going to have as many audience members as I would like because it's over the Jubilee weekend at 2 p.m. on a Friday, the 3rd. But I think it's, it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm excited about performing. Yeah, that was your winner winner last week. You're, you're really, really into this. Oh, show. that's so sad, is it? Was it? Okay, I've got no brain, but that's fine. I'm allowed to have the same winner winner if I think it's exciting. Dead duck. Sorry, my intonation was wrong. My dead duck is that my laundry is so bad. And this morning I took out a pile of laundry and I found a wet inflamed nappy in there. So I just scooped so many things, oh. I know, into the washing, in, into the drum. Not ones or twos? No, 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 ones. But it was just, it was a morning one. Full. Full, absolutely full, full. Yeah, and I found that amongst the clean washing. That I, I thought this is really bad. There, this, there's no quality control here. I've got to, no I've got to reassess. Yes, no quality of life. No, no, no. But I did think, gosh, that I mean that. But it made me laugh. Yeah, it's quite gross. It will happen and it will continue to happen. Yeah, I need, I need someone to help me with laundry. And I really do, you know, I've got a lot of it. And I like, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to go on because it's too boring. I'm excited, Shirley. You're excited, I think. Both for different reasons. Never mind. Ladies and gents, and those who identify with other, thank you so much for tuning in to Tune Out. Thanking you. And we'll see you after the Jubilee. Oh my gosh, after the Jubilee, have fun. Um, 
um, very quickly, very quickly, you, play, you can play the music over this one. There are a few really good things going on, including near you, Battersea Power Station. Yep. And Zubilee at London Zoo for really big time family friends. What's happening at the Power Station? Family and friends. Oh my gosh, activities. Uh, stalls, arts and crafts, loads of things. Great. I won't be there, but other people will be, and hopefully they'll be having a lovely time. Okay, take care. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What do I do again? You've been listening to Mother Funk with Shirley and Shirley, otherwise known as Joanna Carolan and Pascal Wilson, produced by Mabel Productions. Tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.